to the podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Nathan. What podcast is this? Oh yeah, from the Porch Swing. From the Porch Swing podcast. We haven't gotten our intros down yet. Well, that's because you didn't want to have a set intro. You wanted it to be off the cuff every time. Yeah, what's the point of having it pre-recorded? Exactly. So you never know what I'm going to say. But today we are going to talk about homeschooling. Why we chose homeschooling, we're going to talk about some stereotypes and some myths. Uh, we're going to address a lot of fears that are involved in homeschooling as well as a lot of the benefits that come from it. So even if you are a homeschooling family and you're like, this doesn't apply to me, you might still learn something from it. You never know. You never know. But before we move on and talk about it, let's have a word of prayer. Lord God, thank you for this time to tell uh, our story about why we chose to homeschool and what we believe are the benefits of that. Um, Lord, if there's anybody on the fence about this, help us to either push them one way or the other and um, just do what's best for their family and what's most honoring to you. So Lord, uh, we just give this up into your hands and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right. So let's, before we really get into like the heart and all of the really good information, we want to set the stage and give you guys a little bit of like a background on our education. If we were homeschooled, if we went to public school, what we've done. So Nathan, what was your education like? Why I'm a public school kid all the way through my entire career. Whoa. How was that? Fine. Did I, feel you? Like, I feel like I'm well adjusted and I learned enough to get me by. Just get you by? Yeah. But that also might be my own lack of uh, motivation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, on the other hand, have seen both sides. I went to public school and I've been homeschooled. So when I was in kindergarten, I went to public school and I was in public school until halfway through third grade when my mom really felt the calling from God to um, homeschool us. So she pulled us out halfway through third grade and then um, I got reintroduced to public school halfway through junior year. So I went to high school for one and a half years and I hated it. Um, but I enjoyed elementary school because I had a lot of friends. Um, but I honestly enjoyed being homeschooled more. And then I obviously uh, went away to college, which I have good and bad things about about that. Because as we'll get into, I knew from the very beginning, like before Nathan and I ever got married, that eventually when I got married and had kids, I wanted to homeschool. And I still for some reason decided to get a college degree even though I knew I was never going to use it. Um, but that leads us into why we homeschool. And it's really because I really wanted to. I, I loved it growing up, and I wanted it for my kids. So, Nathan, did you find the same calling before we had kids? No, I did not. So you thought we were going to put our kids in public school? Well, this was even before you and I met. I was like, there's no way my kids my future offspring are going to be homeschooled because those kids are weird thanks <laughs> apparently i'm a weirdo you guys yep but he married me so who's a real weirdo ah uh, yeah what's that who's the bigger fool the fool or the one who follows the fool that's i don't think i said that right but whatever 
<laughs> I think I think we got, we got the point. Okay. But yeah, we had we we both had different backgrounds. We both had different viewpoints on if we wanted to homeschool, if we didn't want to homeschool. So, Nathan, what made you agree with me in homeschooling our children? I think at first it was, uh, you can do whatever you want, just don't ask me to do anything with it. Those were his exact words. <laughs> those were his exact words. If he didn't have to do it, he didn't care. Like, it was one of those things, ladies, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, we're supposed to be submissive to our husbands. This was the reverse role. I really felt a calling and a desire to homeschool, and he was okay with that. It's true, but I don't know if it's a reversal of submission or not. It was more of I just didn't care too much. Either way, I, <laughs> I, I got I got my way. There you go. I got my way. Um, so yeah, we we enjoy at least I I mean I'm the one who does that. So I enjoy homeschooling. So let me ask you another question, Nathan. Are you happy that we're homeschooling our children? In my present day um, life, yes, I am very happy that we are we and by that I mean Kim is homeschooling our kids. Without getting too political on this podcast, can you tell us why? What are you, a, what is this, a news anchor? Or? Maybe. Maybe I'm trying a new voice today. Hmm. All right. I don't see this in our show notes, but um, I'm happy because I don't necessarily trust public schools at the moment. Ooh. And I like the idea having a biblical base around, or, a, you know, a worldview, a biblical worldview in the curriculum that is chosen and um those are the two biggest reasons really all right so let's move on a little bit to stereotypes and myths that come with homeschooling what is one of the big myths or stereotypes that are around homeschooling well here's the thing about stereotypes sometimes they're true and sometimes they're not well that's true that's true sometimes they're not true but here uh, here's an example uh, my friend who he's listened to our podcast already noticed that we talk about uh, Little House on the Prairie a few times. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, you, did you know I used to watch that? And my answer to him was, absolutely. You know why I knew you watched it? Because you were homeschooled, man. And he was like, you jerk. And I said, yes. Well, I applaud him. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a watching Little House on the Prairie. That's a stereotypical homeschool show. Yeah, well, I don't care. It's a good show, and I think everyone should watch it. Yeah, I'm, I I didn't watch it at all growing up, but I did watch. I do watch it now, and it is good. But I wasn't public, I wasn't homeschooled, so I didn't watch it as a child. So apparently, if you watch Little House on the Prairie, that's a negative stereotype on homeschoolers. I didn't. Stereotypes aren't always negative. I guess that's true. We did talk about that. Is there any other stereotypes that you can think of? Uh, they're antisocial. <laughs> What? They don't know how to communicate with people because all they've been able to talk with and interact with is their own family members. While on the one hand, there's a lot of truth in that they do talk and spend time with their family members. But let's also go into the public school setting. Do you think kids are really socialized in the public school setting? Yes. Are they? What do you mean by that? Well, if we think of a typical public school setting... They're forced to sit at a desk most of the day, quiet. You sit and you do your work. But there's recess and, you know, extracurriculars or, you know, 
gym time. There's more than just sitting at a desk at a public school. And there is more than just sitting at the table with their family when they homeschool. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, there is, because there's so many things that we can do outside of our house. There's homeschool co-ops. We're involved in one. I know several families that are involved in one. You can do this on big scales. You can do this on small scales. Um, There's libraries. There's museums. There's, I mean, you guys, there's church. (laughs) Like, if you take your kids to Sunday school every Sunday, um, a lot of churches have Wednesday nights. There are still options of getting your kids socialized, even outside of the home. Did you ever think about that? I did, obviously. <laughs> no, that was kind of one of also my stipulations. I, I was like, if we want to do homeschooling thing, they need an outlet that's not us. They need something where they can see and interact with other kids. And like, yeah, it, stay away from that stereotype of being socially awkward because they have social skills that, the, that they will learn through other activities. Yeah. I would agree. That is a stereotype. But it's not. There are some cases where, yes, you can tell that that is a homeschooling family. But I say in our day and age now, homeschooling got a bad rap for that. But we have come a long way in not being socially awkward (laughs) because I was homeschooled. All right. Another stereotype that we're going to talk about is homeschoolers don't really actually do their schoolwork. Now, that's a stereotype I didn't know about. Yeah, that's a big one because most people, at least I should say back when like my mom was homeschooling and she would get questions, it was like, are you actually even doing school? Like, because a lot of times, hey, I'm a mom, I can just fudge the numbers, give my kid a diploma, do whatever we want kind of thing. And it was a very negative thing because we were not that way I was a very dedicated student I was I was like the I'm gonna do as much work as I can and see how fast I can get done with all of my school for the entire like 12 years of you know education Hmm, that's interesting because my perspective has always been homeschoolers are always smarter than us yeah, that's another stereotype, <laughs> like, but that's but, actually a good one. Yeah, that's uh, a good stereotype. You say they don't do their work, but I feel like most public kids know public school kids know like, oh, homeschoolers are probably smarter. That's the new age thinking. Well, I thought that in high school. Oh, okay. Well, I was always at the negative. I was a negative recipient mm. of that type of stereotype. So I mean, hey, I'm learning something that most public schoolers actually thought we were smart. Yeah. No, we thought those. They act weird, but they are going to be running America in a few years. <laughs> hmm. Good to know. Also, when I was in college, I actually did a, a class. I cannot remember what it was called, but it was on a debate. And you guys, I got very heated in that debate. Actually, I don't think it was a debate. I turned it into a debate. It was supposed to be just a presentation. And the two students that were doing it were dissing homeschoolers like left and right and I was like I'm not gonna stand by and like let you just completely tear all of us homeschoolers down because they were talking about we have absolutely no time management and if anyone knows me I know how to manage time (laughs) I am probably the one who is on time the most gets things accomplished effectively efficiently but there was a very negative thing I turned it into a debate and we had to we were done with presentations for the day. Um, but yeah, 
no time management is apparently a stereotype. Again, I don't know if that is. It might be a stereotype, but I've never heard it. I feel like us at public school kids, at least the non-achievers, I shouldn't say that, those who weren't valedictorians, did not manage time well at all. We, You would try to push your work off as long as you could. You would take as many shortcuts as you can. It's like a... It's like working at a job you didn't like. You just, you got there, you put your hours in, and hopefully you got paid properly. And you just, you, you, you try to get by. That's what public school was for me and for a lot of people. You just try to get get through it. And if you know you're not going to be the valedictorian, you're just like, let's just, D's get degrees. That was, a, that was the saying. Like, so our time management is terrible. We didn't learn that at all, well, the, aver- the average student. Well, you either went to a really good school where you were educated properly on homeschoolers <laughs> or a really bad school <laughs> yeah that's interesting is it was it my schooling that was bad or was uh, did i just have a good grasp on what good education was yeah i don't know because yeah the the people in that class had the very negative viewpoint on homeschoolers yeah college kids they don't know what they're talking about but they think they do I think a lot of people <laughs> do nowadays. College. All right, so let's talk. We got talked about some some myths, some stereotypes, negative, positive, and even in our conversation right here, we got a little not heated at all, but like I saw one side of things and he also saw another side of things. I don't know. I felt attacked. You felt attacked by you. Just wait until we talk about fears. Which is next. There are so many fears in homeschooling. Um, Or parents of uh, wannabe homeschoolers where I get questions a lot, whether it's like through social media or through people I encounter at like church or different mom groups where they want to homeschool so badly, but they're afraid. And some of the fears that they have are, I'm not knowledgeable. Like they don't think that they have enough knowledge themselves to be able to teach it and one of the things I like to let people in on a little secret that's not really a secret I have a degree I have a degree in elementary education and you would think that because I have a degree in elementary education I probably know a lot about education I don't and it's because I honestly don't feel like my four and a half years of schooling prepared me at all to be a teacher until I actually got into a classroom. That is when I feel like I actually learned something, when I was actually in front of kids. All of the the classes, the assignments, the tests, whatever, never really prepared me. So I don't think you need a degree at all, which is another fear that they don't have a degree to be a teacher. I don't think my degree, and I've talked to a lot of other moms who also have degrees in teaching, and they don't think it prepared them for schooling either. What do you think about that? Uh, well, without trying to get too negative, I feel like most teachers don't know anything anyway. Like, they might know a little bit about their subject, but without their teacher's manuals, without their curriculums, I don't think they'd have much to go off of to begin with. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, because when I'm going to give a lot away here about college, if you're, you know, going into it, um, I, when I went to school, I was under the impression that all of these education classes that I'm taking are going to teach me and prepare me on how to teach. When really all it did was wanted to evaluate how much knowledge I had. 
Like, here, let's see if you know how to do all of these math problems. Not how to teach the math problems, but how to do the math problems. And then the other stuff was just, can you write a lesson plan? Not how to teach the lesson plan. Can you write a lesson plan? Which is just the curriculum that schools buy. Yeah, right. I, again, you go to the average... Now, no, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of great teachers out there that know their subjects, that love their kids, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like many don't. Maybe yeah. they thought it's an easy career. They wanted that pension. They want that government assistance or the union or whatever it is. But I feel like a lot of teachers don't know as much as you think you don't know, if that makes sense. Or at least in terms of a college degree. Like, I think a lot of teachers, good teachers, know their students. And I think that's the big thing. How do you know your students and how can you teach your students? Not how much do you know the material, how much you have prepared for material, how well you can teach your students, how well you know them. Because that's what it comes down to. You can have the most perfect lesson plan ever, the best curriculum ever. But if you don't know how that student is going to learn, you're not you're not going to be able to teach them accurately. And that's where I think um, homeschooling is so beneficial because you know who knows their, your kids better than you? It's not the teachers. And guys, again, don't get us wrong. I, my sister's a teacher. I, we know great teachers. But just because you're not an actual teacher doesn't mean you can't teach your kids. Yeah, I agree. You should... You should be the one that knows your kid the most, and you most likely are. Yeah. I mean, I know so many times where there have been parents who go to parent-teacher conferences or parents who have kids with IEPs and different things, and um, you know your kid more than they do. And, you know, it's our job to go to bat for them when it comes to their education and making sure that the teachers are doing a great job. And, again, there's going to be teachers who do a very good job, and then there's teachers who aren't. But either way, you still know your kid better. Another fear, my kid is going to fall behind if I teach them. <laughs> like I know parents who think that, that they're not, that as a parent, I'm not smart enough. I don't have a degree, so my kid's going to fall behind. I'm not going to know how to teach them their ABCs or how to add or, you know, all of the things. But it's not necessarily true. If anything, if you just just look at the numbers, even if your child is a slower learner, let's go with that. Which we have one. Yeah, who takes a little while to get going or to understand certain concepts or writing or whatever. Uh, there's not 30 of him in this one room trying to learn the exact same thing over and over. So you, as the teacher in your own home, depending on how many kids you have, you have so much time to work with your child compared to a teacher that has 15 to 25 kids who has to give the information and basically hope that the kids understand it by testing and whatever. They don't have that time to go one-on-one with each kid like you have that opportunity. So even if your kid is a slower learner, just the fact that there's not 20 other kids vying for your attention will keep him or her up to date easy. Yeah. And I mean, if we think about it, let's go back. Let's talk a little bit about Little House on the Prairie again. Let's. Like, if you think back to the late 1800s, they had one room schoolhouses. 
And that one teacher had her community there. They still went to public school, but the type of education they were doing there and the way it was designed is not the way it's designed today. Today, we have so much government involvement in schooling where you have to do this much reading. You have to do this much math like every day, every week. Like you have to meet certain standards, certain hours. Like we have so much of everything else that we have to do that takes away from actually prioritizing students and their learning. You would know more than me. Well, I mean, just think about that. <laughs> like, they're, if you go into a public school, they are. They're, I mean, and it's not a one-room schoolhouse. Granted, our communities are a lot bigger. But versus your kid with 25 other kids in the class and one teacher trying to educate them all, your, your child is not going to be as educated as they would be in your dining room. Yeah, the priority is not on any individual kid. It's a, it's spread out through a whole classroom compared to just your immediate family. Yeah. And I mean, if we also want to look at like data, not specifically you guys, broad, there's a lot more students with diagnoses, IEPs, and it's because that teacher can't meet all of her students' needs. If there is that student who is falling behind and needs a little bit of extra help, that teacher doesn't have the capacity because of the standards and the class size to meet that student's needs and help encourage and engage and educate that student, which is why they have to have special assistance. They're removed from a classroom to work on things a little bit more. Where you can just work at your child's pace right in your home. Yep. And you don't have to deal with all that fluff that the schools make you do. Yeah. Your, your kid doesn't have to be labeled. Your kid doesn't have to be removed from a classroom. It doesn't have to have that stereotype. Oh, I was talking about all those extra classes, in quotes, or times that don't really, that kids don't really need that much. Ah. That's what I meant by fluff. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk, we talked about some myths, some stereotypes, some fears. So what are the benefits? And we kind of touched on a few of them, but I think... The biggest benefit with homeschooling is it's a it could be biblically based. Like when you go to public school, you, teachers can't talk about God. They can't talk about Jesus. They can't really talk about creation. Even if they're a Christian, they have to be very vague in how they teach things. They can teach the other stuff, you know. They can teach evolution and all that without anyone, you know, frowning upon it. But you can't teach the truth where you can at home. Yeah, uh, my example, or my, what's the word I'm looking for? My history, whatever. I had a great science teacher growing up in high school. She was like, hey, we're going to learn about evolution now. I'm not saying you have to believe any of this. I'm not saying this is true at all because I don't believe that it's true. Uh, but we need to learn it for the test. So she, she, that's how she started. So I was like, oh, man, I really I really respect that. And as well, I thought she did a great job. They didn't teach the other side of it they didn't like kim said they didn't teach the creation part they just said here's the evolution thing figure it out if you believe it or not so even though i thought my teacher did a great job the curriculum itself is still not biblically based yeah i agree 
No, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with your original yeah, point. Yeah, and but... I'm agreeing with yours. Okay. It's we an are, all around agreement. We are agreeing with each other on agreement. Yep. <laughs> and like we talked about before, you can work at their skill level. You can adjust when needed. We have, we're homeschooling. We have four kids. Two of them are in school. Our oldest is in um, third grade. And our, he's not our youngest, but the other one that we're homeschooling, um, is in between grades. I mean, that's kind of like the beauty of homeschooling. You don't really have to give him a grade level like you do in public school. We say he's in first on all of like the forms and all the things, but he's kind of in between the two. We So we have our oldest who is crazy smart. <laughs> like eventually I he's going to teach me, especially in math. Um, and thankfully uh, my father-in-law has a degree in math where if there's something I don't understand, I'm going to be like, call Grandpa Bob. <laughs> And then we have um, our – there's actually been times where, like, last year I actually thought about just, like, skipping second grade math and just jumping right into third grade. But I didn't want to push him too much. Um, but then our other son is the exact opposite. He is more physical. Honestly, I believe that if we sent him to public school, they would try to label him with, like, ADHD, give him an IEP, all the things, when there's nothing wrong with him. He just learns differently. So I have to adjust. And you guys, I'm no pro. I'm learning along with him as to how to teach him best. But that's the beautiful thing about homeschooling. If he went to public school, he'd be labeled, he'd be given an IEP, and sent off to special education in some capacity. They'd try to tell me to go set him to the doctor and put him on some medication. That's a topic for another story. That's a story. Never mind. <laughs> that's a topic for another episode. Yes. <laughs> Is what she meant to say. But that's what they would try to do in public school. We're at being at home, I can work with him and meet him right where he's at. Yep. Which is, again, <laughs> another benefit. Can't say much. I don't do much with him. One-on-one education. I have four kids, but I'm able to give each of them one-on-one time. There's stuff that we... We'll learn collectively, like we did um, a study on birds of prey. We're going to, you know, so we're going to do different, like, studies and themes throughout our school year um, that we can all do together. But I can still meet them when it comes to reading and writing and arithmetic exactly where they are. And then while they're not learning with me, like while I'm not sitting there with them, they can learn through one of the best things of all that public school is just getting rid of. And that is play. Kids need playtime, you guys. They need to be able to use their imagination. They need to be able to get their wiggles out. Like, they need it. It's very beneficial to have movement and have imagination. Because I have noticed that when I allow Daniel to play and to run around and to do whatever he wants to do in the morning, before it's time to sit down, he will sit down and focus with a better attitude. And if he was at public school, he wouldn't get that opportunity. And it kind of makes me sad because they just try to label him. And he doesn't need a label. He's perfect the way he was created. (laughs) Another thing is they get to learn patience. Oh, I thought that was for you. Well, I get to learn patience too sometimes Um, when it comes to difficult attitudes or... um, 
when I feel like a topic should be easy for them to grasp and it's not, I do get to learn how to be patient. Um, but they also get to learn to be patient as well because there's four of them. I can't be mom and teacher to all of them at the same time. So they get to learn how mom's busy. I'm going to go do something else right now. Also, home economics, you guys, that is a huge component in homeschooling that once again, they're just getting rid of in public school or um, minimizing the value like we were talking about with the role of like the wife and the mom, like homemaking shouldn't be a thing. But I love being able to incorporate it. And there's so many aspects to it. Cooking. I don't care if my boys are the older ones, they're going to learn how to cook. And you might be thinking, isn't that contradictory to what you were saying before where the man is supposed to be the provider? No, (laughs) not at all. Because one, he's going to have a wife someday, most likely. And if she's ever sick or pregnant and puking all the time, like I was like, he'll be able to help step in, cook something. Maybe he won't be married or before he gets married, like he might not live at home. He'll actually be able to cook himself real food instead of just boxed mac and cheese and ramen noodles. What are you trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So home ec. I took a home ec class in high school. And you know how much I remember of it? I'm going with nothing. I remember one thing. That after you wash dishes or pans or something and you have a lot of soap in the sink cold water makes the suds go away better than hot water that's the only thing i remember you must have had a very good home ec class no i did it or i just didn't care usually home ec for high schoolers is easy a that's it like no one learns anything from that class well it's not an easy a at the cold house no that's what i'm saying like if if your thought process is oh the school system will take care of those basic needs no not at all. I learned about soap suds. I didn't learn. I didn't. We sewed stuff. We cooked stuff. I didn't remember any of that. We made our own pasta one time. I don't remember how to do that. I don't remember how to do any of that stuff except the stinking soap, soap suds. <laughs> so your school system is not going to take care of it, boys and girls. They'll try, maybe, but they Husbands don't care. Husbands and wife. Hey, whatever. Boys and girls. Husbands it works. Don't trust your school systems, everybody. I'm an old man. Yeah, don't trust them because there's so much you can teach your kids at home. Like we, the boys are loving learning how to cook. They call, like, if I'm in the kitchen with them and I'm teaching them how, they're like, we're the sous chefs. But then if I give them the instructions and I step back and let do them, they're like, Daniel, I'm the chef now. And it's exciting. They're really excited about this. They like to learn. I'm, I sew, currently making our girls some dresses and Michael's like, when are you going to teach me how to sew? And again, most people think that's a girly thing to do. Why would you let your son learn how to sew? You never know when he might actually need to learn how to sew. And it's a skill that is dying out, so he could teach his wife someday. Cleaning a house. Like, you got to learn how to clean a house. That's just basic skills there that I honestly... People are surprised when we say that our kids make their own beds and put their laundry away. But I feel like that's something that, that's something that people should know how to do and they don't. Learning how to budget, learning how to grocery shop, like all of these skills that like as adults we might be like, why, 
why would you want to teach that? Well, because you need to teach it. Like your your parents taught you, I'm assuming, I'm hoping, like we shouldn't be serving like that to our children. Like we need to be teaching them how to do things as well. That they don't do it when they're in public school because your time is limited. Yeah, and if you don't teach them, they'll have to teach themselves and that'll just be, yeah, talk about falling behind. If you have to teach yourself how to do these things, then you'll really be far behind. Yeah. Or you won't learn them and then your spouse will have to take care of them along with their own problems. And then that's when marital strife happens. And I encourage you that if you don't know how to do some of these basic things, phone a friend. Because even though... Phone your parents. Yeah, because, I mean, even though my mom did, I feel like, an amazing job in raising me on how to cook and clean and like do things if i still run into a snag she's the first person i call so like utilize your resources call your mom got anything more to say to that mom i'm sorry i don't call you more often i just don't call anybody he doesn't even call me i just wallow in my in my struggle and then figure it out or i then i or i leave it alone one of the two don't be like me. Call your moms. Call your moms because she wants to hear from you. And I think about that because at some point I will want my children to call me when they leave. Another one. <laughs> Flexibility. It is a lot. Of, see, here we're going to talk a little bit about the myths too or stereotypes, fears. There's a difference in flexibility and laziness. Like this is the part where we have to love That it's flexible, but also not neglect school. Because it's very easy, or it could be very easy, to be like, oh, I have all these errands to run, and then you don't get to school. Or let's do all of this other stuff and then not get to school because it's flexible. While it is flexible, and when some things come up, you can adjust, but we don't use flexibility as a crutch. There's a little disclaimer for you. But we do get to create our own schedule. Which if, for us, it has changed. We are on year four of homeschooling. And it has looked different every single school year. Because we either have one or more kids doing school. We have nap times thrown in. We have had babies. (laughs) that like. Then there's an adjustment there. Um, So it's looked differently based on the season of life that we're in. And that's the beautiful thing. Some seasons, schooling in the morning is good. Sometimes schooling during nap time is good because then my time isn't as divided to a baby or a toddler that really needs me. So it is a beautiful thing to have flexibility. If you do have those errands that you need to run, you can easily maneuver your errands and homeschooling to fit your needs for that day, for that season. Just don't use it as a crutch to push off school. Yeah, and while I do believe that this is a benefit, it is also... Uh, it could be a pitfall in that you, your kids do need to understand structure as well because this flexibility might not continue on after they're done homeschooling like whether it's their own job or if they go to if they decide to go to college whatever it is not everything is going to be so flexible so there you have to be careful with that but i do believe flexibility is a huge benefit yeah and i think for us and like our family as far as we know God might have other plans. We are done having children. So as our kids are getting older and we get more in school and we have less little ones, it'll be a lot easier to have a more set structure for the day. 
unless we have something like a doctor appointment or something that comes up in or we're sick. That's one of the beautiful things about homeschooling, you guys. If you are sick, you can just pause school and resume. You don't have to make up all of your homework that you missed while you were at school. School just pauses. Um, but yeah, having that structure and the routine helps your kids to be more well-adjusted. But it also allows them to be flexible because sometimes in life you are thrown curveballs. So learning to bounce and be flexible allows for those circumstances. So it's it's a give and a take with flexibility. Absolutely. Now we have a big one. Uh, yeah, it's big. I don't know how much we should get into it. Well, we won't get too political, you guys. We won't get too political, but we will play our hand a little bit for you guys to understand where we might where our chips might fall a little bit more. Um, the agenda. At home, there is no agenda. What do we mean by that? Well, there might be an agenda, but we feel it is the correct agenda. It's the biblical agenda. <laughs> there you go. So in that sense, it is correct because we're trying to align all of our areas in life to one thing. Yes. Now, like we said, we are very... We're conservative Christian parents, and we believe that the Bible is true, and everything in the Bible is true. School systems don't necessarily believe that. Especially in today's world. Yeah. Yeah, you just turn on your TV, look at anything you can see, government and social issues really seeping into the school systems. And by seeping in, I mean completely controlling and it's might, not, they're not hiding it, you guys. No, they're not. And I, you might be thinking, oh, well, you know, it probably won't happen in my school. And if you're at a charter school or a private school, maybe that's true. But we live in rural America, and I can think of both schools near us have had issues, not even issues, have already fallen into these things. One school has completely caved, completely caved to um, boys in girls' locker rooms, bathrooms, and, bathrooms, and another school somewhat after hours have drag queen story hour did you not know that that one i feel like i might but i don't know at the same unless time. they unless they cancel it they actually promoted that one time and we live in rural school these school systems are like 300 kids big this, yeah they're a1 my my graduating class was 72 people yeah they're tiny schools in rural rural america you're like oh this will never happen in my town it will it probably already has you might not know it so um I thought I was that way. I was like, okay, that may happen in, you know, the big city or, you know, some very liberal state or whatever. Uh, we, live in a, we live in a real state. But we anyway, um, but no, it just, it's going to happen, especially if it's a public school. They, most school boards don't, well, well, like we said, we'll cave to it. We'll cave to that pressure. Because it's government controlled. It, it's not... You don't have control. The teachers don't have control. The principal doesn't even have control. So it doesn't matter on how many good teachers there are in that school. There's a system. Yeah. So, I mean, you probably know what we're talking about, a lot of the things. But even things that you most likely grew up with, there's there's been a push in sex education, right? And you're like, oh, that's a good thing, right? We don't want our kids getting pregnant and having STDs. And you, so you might be thinking that, oh, that's a good thing for schools to do. Um, I am not of that belief. I think that should be left to the parents, and here's why. Uh, schools leave out all of the moral portions of these issues. 
they might say, hey, here's how to not get pregnant or here's not how to, here's not how to get sick. But there's no moral aspect to it. They don't say like, OK, this is what God says about, you know, sexual relations, that it's a very narrow window where it's a good thing and everything else outside of it is sinful. Schools don't say that. They'll just say, hey, here, protect yourself, kind of. Uh, and we wonder why, you know, this issue, this problem of, you know, teenage pregnancy, um, you know, other other issues. What other issues are there? There's plenty of them. Plenty STDs. Of, yeah, STDs. Um, <laughs> Abortions. Loose living, all this kind of stuff. Like, all this stuff. It's because morals have been completely taken out because it's all about the facts. It's all about, hey, here's how to not get pregnant. Here's how not to get an STD, blah, blah, blah. So these big issues should not be left to your school system. Like I talked about the home ec thing. Don't expect your school system to solve this problem for you. Because one, it hasn't. And what's, I don't know, maybe you're thinking, it's not that big a deal. I'll let the school system teach whatever they want to teach. It's not going to affect our life that big. Uh, Yeah, except until your daughter gets pregnant. Or your does son that, gets a girl pregnant. Does that change your life at all? Absolutely it does. It changes and, her life forever. Yeah. So you might think, oh, it'll never come to me. This isn't that big a deal. Actually, it is a huge deal, in my opinion. Yeah. And when you when you homeschool, and even if you don't homeschool and you do choose to send your kids to public school, have that conversation at home. Because you want to be guiding your kids to truth. Yeah. Especially if you're a Christian family. Like... It might be awkward talking to your son or daughter about sex, but guess what? It's better coming from you from a biblical perspective than some teacher who's checking off a list on things that they had to teach with no morals involved at all. Yeah. So that was a lot. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I meant the whole conversation has, yeah, been, sorry. has been a lot. Um, so if you are someone who homeschools, I applaud you. And hopefully this was encouraging for you to continue that. Um, but if you are someone who is choosing the home or the public school route or you're on the fence about homeschooling, um, one, we are not judging you at all. Like, no. Like, you have, like, y- it's your family. You have to do what you feel is best. And maybe the Lord hasn't called you to homeschooling. Um, and if that's the case, our big message for you is to just be on guard with your school the stuff that they are pushing and be a homeschooler a homeschooling mom at home when it comes to home ec the bible and sexual education mm-hmm. yeah and like like kim said we're not saying you should definitely take your kids out uh maybe you should consider it but we would highly recommend there... if you're a christian that you should consider it with what's going on in the world now is there good that your student or your child could do in the public school system, like witnessing and stuff. Absolutely, they could bring a lot of people to Christ if they're in there. Um, th- uh, those cases are rare, though. If, if I would guess, um, a lot of students want to be accepted. A lot of students want to be liked, and telling their friends that they're sinners and that they need a savior is not usually the one that goes super well. Um, again, it could go that way. Your stu- your child might be the best evangelism that school needs so that's great but i would say more more than not that's not the case and more than not your student isn't being the light that they should be and more accepting bad 
and unbiblical principles and other stuff like that. Corruption is kind of what I'm saying. I yeah. feel like corruption will happen more than more than not. And if you are choosing the public school route, be the safe space for other kids too. There are a lot of kids that or a lot of families that you might not want your child at that house, but welcome that child into your home because have your home be that safe place for them where they hear about Jesus, where they hear loving things. Maybe they don't have a good home. So there is still a lot of wonderful things that can come from being in public school. But I would argue that there's more good things that come from homeschooling. Yeah, we obviously have our opinions, but that doesn't mean to say home, public school is bad for everybody. Yeah. So our challenge for you is to search your heart. Why did you choose the particular route that you did? Why are you homeschooling? Why are you public schooling? And see if if you are choosing the public school route or have been, um, if the Lord is calling you to homeschooling. There's a lot of times where, like in our case, I was the one that was called before we even had kids and Nathan went with me. Um, and that's a lot of times what happens nowadays. Mom really wants to, but dad doesn't. Um, so search your heart. See if the Lord is calling it to you. And if you've been ignoring him, maybe you're fearful. Maybe you have some of those fears and those doubts about yourself, about what homeschooling looks like, if you can do it. So search your heart. See if it's something that the Lord is calling you to. And if the answer is no, then pray about how you can be a light in the public school and how you can best guard your kids. Perfect. And for next week, if... We didn't scare you guys away. We are going to talk about how to and why you should slow down. Slow down your life. Slow it down. Slow it down. Like, pull back the reins. Yeah. We don't need to go 90 miles an hour. And how to live more purposefully. We'll see you then. <laughs>